0: Welcome to episode 937 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I am Justin Mason. No Jason Collette today. He is out of town. He'll be back next week. Uh, but I do have a special guest. Uh, that is Chris Clegg from uh,
1: Fantrax and the Fantasy uh, Toolshed Shed podcast. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, Thank you so much, man. Very honored to be joining you. A show I've listened to for a long time. So it's a real honor to be on here chatting with you, man. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, I, I'll try not to disappoint you. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure you <laughs> won't. It's going to be an awesome time. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Why don't you remind everybody where you reach on social media and then talk about what you do in the industry? Yeah, of course. I get on Twitter at roto C-L-E-G-G, C-L-E-G-G and all my written work is at Fantrax HQ and I uh, do the podcast Fantrax Toolshed with Eric Cross, so talk about dynasty, prospects, and I write about literally anything at, at Fantrax, so you know, I, I do a StatCast article each week, do some dynasty and prospect stuff, so wide range of stuff, but man, it's awesome, you know, love love being in the industry, it's uh, my first, I guess I've just completed my first full year writing, and you were a big inspiration on, on why I joined, honestly, so uh, I've always looked up to you, and you know, when i first started, you know, I wanted to, I was like, I want to play in TGFBI. Like I want to play against these guys that read their work and I respected it. And so I started writing, I started this small little blog and I don't even know if anybody read it, but then, uh, Michael Simeon picked me up at SP streamer, was there for a little bit and then been with Eric at fan tracks for about a year now. So yeah, it's been, been a cool ascension and, you know, working with Eric's awesome and Mike's amazing. He was amazing to work with as well. And again, just, uh, It's so cool to be on here with you, as you know, I've always respected your work and looked up to you, and again, you were a big part of me uh, joining the industry, so thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you for uh, giving me uh, uh, credit. That's always awesome to hear people are inspired by uh, TGFBI to get in the industry or anything I can do to help. Uh, I remember when you were working with Mike, that's where I got to know you a little bit, and I'm glad to see you landed over at Fantrax, a great place to work. Uh, And you do great work. That's why I have you on here. So appreciate that. Happy to have you. And we will. uh, We're gonna give away some really good information. Uh, Let's start with some bad stuff, right? If (laughs) if there weren't enough injuries already, we're just gonna add on to that. John Means, uh, he hit the IL this morning uh, after being pulled from his start with shoulder fatigue. Uh, This is just super disappointing uh, because Means was having an amazing season, uh, and you know. Like I said, I mean everybody seems to just be getting hurt left and right. What are you doing with John Means? Are you just holding and hoping that he can come back here?
1: Uh yeah, I at least want a little more information before I make a decision. I mean, we know he landed on the IL and you know the shoulder never a good thing. Shoulder strains don't typically end well. And he could be out a while. It's hard to say for sure. But there I was reading there is some optimism from his camp. I don't know, you know, maybe they're just pumping some steam, but uh, they think that uh, the Orioles don't need a fit starter actually until June 15th, which is exactly 10 days from today. And so it could be interesting. We'll see. Uh, There's some optimism that he could be back then. But again, I kind of want to hold out and at least see. I don't mind holding him for for the 10 days and see, you know, if it's worse than it is, but – yeah, this is killer man. I had him on a lot of my teams, and he's been stellar for me, and he's been stellar for all you that own him. So I know it's a tough loss, especially with all the other injuries going around. Means was one that you know it's it stayed healthy for a while and performed well. So it's tough, but yeah, I think I think you got to hold at least for the ten day period. See, and unless something comes out worse that he could be out long term, but yeah, I'm holding for now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. You just got to hold on. I mean, he's been too good at 2.28 ERA. Uh, I mean, especially doing that in the uh, AL East, in Camden, he's just too good of a pitcher to not try to hold on to until we at least have some more information. You find out he's out for two months, then you start making the real decisions on whether or not you should be holding on to him, but for now, just hold. Uh, John Gray hits the IL with a flexor strain. This is not good at all for him. Or for his fantasy value. I mean, he's going to be a free agent this year, finally, he's going to get out of Colorado. There's a lot of talk he get traded at the deadline, uh, you know, and, and having a pretty decent year, the 429 ERA. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, it, it is a bit disappointing. He's a cut, though, right?
1: Yeah, he's he's definitely a cut in my book. You know, the flexor strain never, never ends well. And, you know, I was just hoping that he get traded out of Colorado, honestly. You'd love to see him land with like, The Yankees or somebody like that where, you know, he gets a chance to get out of course and kind of stinks. I don't know if we'll get to see that this year because it'll be, you know, we'll, we'll see when he comes back, but overall it'd been a pretty solid year for him. But yeah, right now I think he's a cut for sure.
0: Uh, Spencer Turnbull ends up on the IL with a forearm strain, the dreaded forearm strain. And uh, again, another guy who was just having a really, really good year two eighty eight ERA had the uh, no hitter earlier this season. Um, this is again super disappointing. Are you cutting Spencer Turnbull?
1: Uh, he's tough, but I think you you might have to the the forearm tightness again. is could keep him out long term. And again, like with Means, I might hold on for a little while just to see, like you know, give it a several days and see if there's any you know more progression with. What's going on there? If he the MRIs come back bad or anything, but yeah, I mean he's been so good, you, you it's hard pressed to cut him. I mean he's got two eight eight ERA. We know he threw that no hitter this year, a whip below one. He's just been good across the board. So yeah, it makes it really tough to cut him, especially you know you probably picked him up. I'm assuming most leagues he he was either drafted the back end or you picked him up on waivers, but he's been a real a big a big win for you so far. But it seems like he might have to be a cut, but you know he gave you good value for a while at least.
0: Uh, a little bit of breaking news on John Gray. MRI came back clean. Oh, that's possible. So uh, I still, um, unless you have just an open IL spot, which most people don't, I probably would still move on from him being a Rockies pitcher. But uh, it sounds like there is a chance he could be back uh, after a minimum stay. So we shall see, though. Uh, Colton Wong hit the IL with an oblique injury. Uh, this is frustrating because he already had an oblique <laughs> injury this season, missed time. These injuries typically take anywhere from like four to eight weeks uh, to recover for him. And as we're seeing right now, often can be re-injured pretty easily. Uh, Are you uh, stashing Colton Wong?
1: I don't think you can. I'm afraid it's going to keep lingering. And I'm afraid they rush him back, honestly. I think they rush back Yelich, honestly. And I don't know if that ends well for him. And we'll see what they do with Wong, but... You know, it could linger for a while like this again. When we say the word again, it's, you know, happened twice now. And so it's frustrating to see. He's, again, had a good year for you. You know, four home runs, five steals, 280 average. He's been productive for where you drafted him and – I don't know. I think you have to cut loose. I don't think you can afford to hold them because I'm afraid it's going to be a couple months unless, like you said, unless you have an IL spot. But at this point, I'm guessing that most people don't have any open IL spots. So kind of got to churn and burn and find that hot hand. So I'm fine cutting long.
0: Yeah, I am too. And that's a bummer for me because I've got long in a number of places. But uh, yeah, four, four to eight weeks at this point in the season could be the majority of the, of the yeah. season left. So. <laughs> You gotta just kind of move on, uh, unless you have, uh, you know, an open eye. But, but like you said, very few people do. Right. Uh, G Man Choi uh, hits the IL with a groin strain. Uh, I mean, I think he's a cut as well, right?
1: Yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he's got to be. I mean, it's tough. He was, you know, hitting the ball decent. He's actually hitting the ball pretty hard so far. I've seen a lot of home run results. Only two so far, but. I think that he's one of those back end roster guys that you just cut him and you find the next guy. So unfortunate for Choi, but he he's a cut for me. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I agree. So let's uh, let's move on. Uh, I added one to the rundown. Josh Stamont was just uh, activated off the IL. Do you think he goes back to closing right away? Like if he's on a waiver wire because people couldn't afford to roster him, or uh, would you be aggressive during Fab?
1: I don't know how aggressive I'd be. I think I would like to take a shot on him, but I'm afraid. I'm not sure what he's going to go for because you know the closer market's so rampant. Like if, if people even speculate, he's going to go for an absolute fortune. That if there's a even chance that he could get back in, so yeah, I think he could potentially go for fifty plus dollars. And I'm not sure I'm willing to spend that at this point on him, but I'll throw in a bid or two just to see. Because I think there's definitely a shot because he performed well in the role, and I think that he could. I thought he was going to take it and run with it when he got the job, and he looked to be doing that before the injury. So I just don't think like Greg Holland or Kyle Zimmer. I think got a save. I don't think those guys can can hold the job long term.
0: Yeah, I I'm I'm so worried that he's not the guy. Like I, he's available in one of my main event leagues, and I have a bid on him, but I'm not being like super aggressive because. One, I think most of us, uh, you know, are like halfway through our FAB at this point anyways. Um, and like, I don't, I hate like spending a hundred plus dollars in FAB and then finding out I'm wrong on a (laughs) closer. Like, it's just like the worst feeling that you drop 200 bucks on player A and then like the next week he's not closing and, and now you're like, oh, okay, I just lit that money on fire. That was fun. So, uh. I would try to go get them but I'm not necessarily going especially because they have just traded hands you know it's been Zimmer it's been Holland it's been Stalmont, it's been Barlow like there's just a number of guys that it could be in that bullpen uh and I don't think they're necessarily uh tied to anyone in particular for any long stretch yeah
1: that's what I'm afraid of too so I' would throw a bit out but I wouldn't get overly aggressive I agree with you
0: all right let's uh let's talk some fab. Uh, we're going to move uh, and, uh, and talk about some guys who are being picked up pretty rampantly uh, in CBS leagues. Uh, that's where I got uh, a lot of these names uh, from their roster trends. Uh, so let's start with uh, Jonathan Scope, who started off the year slowly, but has just been on an absolute tear since. Uh, are you going to pick up the first and second base eligible jonathan's scope and how aggressive would you be
1: yeah I, I got him some places last week which is pretty exciting because he's been hot and you know when, with so many injuries this year and if you've avoided the injury bug then you've been really fortunate but most teams have been hit hard and so you've got to find guys like this and just ride hot streaks and so that's what i've been trying to do is just ride the streaks out especially in those lineup spots that i've had a lot of injured players and so scope's been been really big and so the, the leagues that I don't have him in, that he's available, I'm definitely going to try to get him this week. I mean, he's been scorching the ball. I mean, over the last seven days, he's got a, a 1643 OPS, which is just killer, four home runs. But it's even continued over the last month, really. Over the last month, his his OPS is up to nearly a 1,000 at 993, seven home runs over the month. So he's been smoking the ball. I think, especially with the flexibility, you can play him at middle or corner infield. I think he's worth going after. How much, that's the question, you know, guys like this that get really hot tend to go for a lot of money in some leagues. And so I, I haven't settled on the amount I'm willing to go this week. It's kind of tough. Cause I feel like at any point he could fall off. Like we've seen this before from him where he can get hot at times and just go on like scorching streaks. And then just, he goes back to being that guy that we know other than I think it was maybe 2017 or 2018 when he hit 32 home runs. Don't see that guy again, but yeah, he's, he's kind of a tough one to gauge like, how long will this last? But I'm at least riding it out while it's going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You've got to just ride it out. I mean, this was a guy that uh, we talked about on this podcast last month when he was struggling. Right. And uh, the th- the thing I said is this is who Jonathan scope is. You're going to, there's going to be these ups and there's going to be these downs. And at the end of the year, you're going to look at the line and go, Hey, I got more than I paid for him at the draft table. But if you drop him during one of those downs, you're, you know, you often kind of regret it. I mean, he's going to be like a 260 hitter with, you know, 20 plus home runs. And right now he's on pace for a lot more than that. Right. So, uh, you know, I mean, he's on pace for probably like 27, 28 home runs, uh, which would be great. But they're going to be another down. And you just kind of he's one of those guys that if you can't take the ups and downs, you move on from him during one of the downs and, and you don't look back. But uh, if you kind of just set him and forget it, you, you end up being happy with the end of the season line. Uh, next guy on the rundown is, oh, and I'm going to butcher this name, uh, J.P. Frisian, uh, who has picked up some saves since being traded to Tampa Bay. Uh, he's still available in a number of leagues. Uh, do you
1: trust the Rays in their bullpen management with J.P.? <laughs> Not at all, but I do think, I mean, he's been the guy, like, of the. I mean, he's had three saves over the last uh, approximately, like, 15 days, so... It's hard to say for sure but you know at least they're giving him opportunities. I think Castillo's had a couple since then. They may just kind of work both of them. But he was a guy that before the trade even though he was kind of breaking out like from a ratio standpoint, you know in saves hold leagues he was pretty valuable and then you know I didn't think that he would get save opportunities going to Tampa just because the Rays and how they do mm-hmm. things. But then when he did, I'm like, well, shoot, I'm at least going to pick him up and see because, you know, he's been solid. You know, it's about a strikeout per inning and good ratios. So, you know, I've got him in a couple places. Fortunately, I'm at least going to ride it out and see. But I think this week might get pretty aggressive on him, fab wise, if he's not on, just because he has gotten a couple saves since last fab period. So we'll see. But, you know, I'm not willing to blow a ton of fab on him just because they're prone to go back to Castillo full-time next week. They could go with someone completely random. They could go a, like a, a committee with six guys. That's just the raise. And so <laughs> kind of struggle with that a little bit. But, you know, if I have them, great. I'm going to hold his, hold them and ride this out. If if I'm bidding on this week, I'm going to throw a bid, but I'm not going to you know blow too much. Kind of like with Stout, Stalmont. I don't want to blow too much on him and him not be the guy. So, yeah, I'm in, but not like all in on him.
0: Who would you be more aggressive on, uh, him or Stalmont?
1: I think maybe Fire Ison. I think that there's a chance that he gets more. You know, Kansas City, they're both similar. I mean, they've kind of given it to a variety of guys, but at least we've seen JP getting some opportunities recently. And with, mm-hmm. S- with Stalmont coming back from injury, it's hard to say for sure, but I'd kind of lean going Fire Eisen just to see.
0: Yeah, I think I do too, especially cuz the Rays are just so much better than the Royals. I mean, the Rays are one of the best teams in baseball, which obviously will lead to more opportunities. I mean, what they're doing is they're just pitching Castillo in the most difficult spot, right? The most high-leverage spot, and sometimes that comes in the 7th, sometimes that comes in the 8th, sometimes it'll come in the ninth, and that'll be a, you know, save opportunity, but uh when there's not they're, they're going with uh with JP there. So, uh, yeah, I think I would be more aggressive on Stalmont. Another one of these situations though, like I said, I don't want to be like overly aggressive uh and then find out he's not the guy, you <laughs> know. Um you know next week. So and the Rays will just rotate their guys. I think he'll probably share Uh, The workload with Castillo and Fairbanks in the ninth, uh, because that's just how they roll. Uh, But you also wouldn't be surprised if another one or two guys emerge throughout the season. They're going to be active at the trade deadline. They'll probably be active in the bullpen, because that's been an area of struggle for them this season. Uh, At some point, they will get some of their injured guys back. Uh, So it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster, uh, but uh, definitely somebody worth scooping. If you can get him for a pretty decent price, uh, Tariq Scobell has been really, really good as of late, uh, and that's why his roster uh, rostership uh, numbers are going up considerably. And he, I think people are going to be really aggressive uh, on him uh, after his latest outing.
1: How aggressive would you be on Scobell? I think I might get pretty aggressive just because starting pitching has been rough in a lot of places for me, and he's coming. He's been. Really, really good over the last several starts. And even over the last month, you know, he he's had a couple rough outings, but he's still over the last month in 32 innings, has 50 strikeouts, a 309 ERA. Like that's a huge boost to your team. I don't know if it sustains, but I'm at least liking what I've seen from him so far. And I think I'm willing to get fairly aggressive because I think he can be a big benefit to you, and he's one. You know, I've kind of believed in him for a while. I thought of those three guys in the system with my Scooball and Manning. There was a chance that Scooball could be end up being the best one of them, and you know, he's they've all kind of struggled to an extent. We obviously haven't seen Matt Manning up, but Scooball's finally coming into his own. And we have to remember, like with young pitchers, it takes time to adjust, and you know, kind of getting thrown into the fire last year, where with no minor league season, he didn't have a ton of ramp up time. I think people wrote him off because he did have some struggles and even some struggles early on this year. But for the most part, he's been really good. I mean, if his worst outing is a six-inning outing with with four earned runs, then we're doing pretty good compared to some guys. I mean, a lot of guys have had big blow-up starts that have hurt your ratios. And, you know, I wouldn't consider Scooball one that really has blown anybody up and I'm willing to take a chance just because the strikeout numbers especially have been stellar. The The ratios have been much improved, and he's just looked more comfortable on the mound, which I think has been been big for him. And I'm curious if he's made any changes. I'm not totally sure if he's changed the pitch mix any, but I was kind of looking to see. Um, it looks like he's using the sinker. He's been using the sinker a little more, which looks like it's been helping him out some. But, yeah, I mean, overall the arsenal looks good, and the results are there. So I'm buying in especially places where starting pitcher has been tough for me. So I'm glad to buy in and and pay the price, I think, for the most part.
0: Yeah, I mean, the real difference has been uh, in the zone command, right? I mean, he's a guy who's got great stuff. He's going to get swings and misses. You know he's going to get strikeouts. Uh, You know, he he probably walks too many guys on occasion, but the real issue is the home runs and being able to command his really good stuff within the zone. Uh, and over his last five starts, he has uh, given up uh, just three home runs and no multi-game home runs. Like that's what really kills him. He puts guys on base, and then he gives you know leaves something up in the zone, and it gets clobbered. Uh, and he hasn't been doing that. And really, in his last two starts against some pretty good teams in in the White Sox and the Yankees, uh, he hasn't given up any home runs. Uh, that's a really, really, really good sign for Scooble. Uh, you know, there are going to be bumps because there are going to be times where he just doesn't have it one day, leave something up, uh, and it gets rocketed out. Uh, And because he does tend to walk too many guys, uh, that's going to be a little bit tricky for him. But I agree with you. I think he's got the highest upside if he can continue to uh, kind of keep that home run rate at bay. Uh, I would probably be pretty aggressive because, like you said, there are very few uh, starting pitchers out there. I'm in a spot in one of my leagues where, Uh, My my tag team league with Shelly, where we have now, like, we went from, oh, this team is really, really good, especially pitching-wise, to, oh, we got a problem. (laughs) We lost Jack Flaherty, uh, Zach Gallons down, Um, you know, we we had Cesar Valdez for his early work, he's no longer closing, like, we're going to have to make some decisions here uh, that are pretty ugly, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, a league like that, Scoogle's not available, but in your league, if he is, I think he should be pretty aggressive this week. Uh, and I like what you said about like he kind of disappointed us last year and we kind of forgot about him. Fantasy industry does this all the yep. time with prospects, right? Yep. We love a guy, he comes up, he struggles because that's what a lot of prospects do. And then we write them off, we cast them away from our fantasy teams. Uh, and they offer really nice discounts later on. Uh, you know, and look what's uh, probably going to happen with Joe Adele. You know, Joe Adele really struggled in his first go around. Didn't make the team this year, and he is just crushing it at AAA. Uh, and so, I, you know, th- those are the guys I tend to like to target as opposed to the new, fresh prospect.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you see that with, with Jared Kelnick right now. It's like mm-hmm. the hype, like everybody on Twitter going ballistic. Like Seattle was so hyped for, for his debut, and now it's like nobody talks about him. I get questions Should I drop him? Should I drop him? Like, should I be selling low in Dynasty? No, the, the kid's 21 no. years old. Like, are you kidding me? We got spoiled, I think, with the the Soto's and the Acuna's and Tatis that came up and lit the world on fire. Absolutely, and they're like the one percent of prospects. We have to realize that, and then people, you know, take that with a grain of salt. And and we live in the instant gratification culture, so if you if you don't get the results immediately, done with them. So now, my advice would be to you know give these guys a chance. And don't write them off for the future, too. Like, I understand if you're in a shallow league right now cutting Kellnick in a redraft. I get that. Like, if you're in a 10-team league with with not deep benches, sure. But, like, give the kid his fair shake. He could get sent down. He may need to get sent down and, and get his head right, you know? He could be struggling right now because he's 0 oh, for the last, like, 40-something. <laughs> he, he may go beat Chris Davis's streak for, like, the longest hitless streak of any player. And I hope they don't let him get there. I really hope they don't. But, you know, that's, that's just a note with prospects. Like... Don't forget about these guys. They'll come back around. It takes some time. They're not perfect. They need to adjust. Major leagues is a lot different than even the A level, the A level. Like, it's the pitching is so different, and the batter, batters need to take time to adjust. Pitchers need to take time to adjust to how they throw the ball because they can get away with pitches in the minors that you ain't getting away with in the majors. We mentioned, like, Scooball. I mean, those home runs, those pitches he leaves up, he can get away with that in the minors when he's pumping the heat. But majors, he's not going to get away with that from these professional hitters. So... Give the guys time. Let them learn the game and develop, and they'll be fine.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, people forget Mike Trout, the greatest player of our generation. Like, he struggled in his first go-around, right? Like, and people forget about that, Uh, that, you know, he had to go back down, come back up the next year, and that's when he rocketed up. Even Acuna struggled in his first go-around before getting injured and then coming back and being amazing that season. So, like, yeah, don't give up on on any of these guys. If you like to miss prospects coming up, you should, you know, give them a little bit of t- chance to kind of marinate, especially in Dynasty Leagues. I can't tell you how many times guys sell these Dynasty League guys short. Uh, myself included. I've made these mistakes <laughs> before. Um, and this is why I try to make sure you remember them. Yep, 100%. Uh, I don't know if there's been any hotter player in baseball than Patrick Wisdom. Uh, I mean, he has just been absolutely murdering the ball. Put him on the rundown yesterday, and then he goes out and hits another home run. He's got five home runs so far in 32 plate appearances, hitting 400, 438, 967 (laughs) slug. It's been absolutely insane. Obviously, this cannot continue, but is this someone
1: you'd pick up? I want to, just to see how long the hot streak lasts, but I am afraid that he is going to cost a fortune. I mean, I could see people spending 200 dollars on him tonight in Fab, which I'm not willing to do because I don't think it sustains that long. I don't think he's like going to be the next Adoles Garcia or anything, which at the time I didn't think Adoles Garcia would do this either, so I could be completely wrong. But I don't know. You look at his strikeout rate – 34 percent he's he's had a high strikeout rate his whole career and that's my concern is that pitchers do adjust to him they're already striking him out but they adjust to him and he kind of slows down a little bit because he I mean he's mashing all pitch types you look at I mean 389 batting average against fastballs 500 against breaking 375 against off speed but I do think there's going to be an adjustment period where maybe he begins to struggle a little bit against breaking balls because he has a 50 percent whiff rate against them so there's a chance that that number kind of begins to tank and pitchers may exploit him with the, with the breaking balls right now. He's only seeing breaking balls about 24% of the time fastballs. He's seeing, you know, 57% of the time. So he could definitely see an adjustment period and we could see him fall off a little bit, but I, I want to add him right now and ride the hot streak because there's, like you said, there's been no one hotter in baseball than him. He's scorching the ball right now. His average exit velocity is 97.7 miles an hour. His hard hit rate is nearly 80%. It's insane. So when he's making contact, he's killing it. But I, I'm just afraid the strikeout rate you know, hinders him. It's already high even with him scorching it. And I'm afraid that we see him kind of come back down to earth with time. I don't think it's this the next guy that the Cardinals let go away and he becomes elite, but I could be wrong. I'd like to get it. Like I said, I want him on my teams, but I'm not willing to blow a ton of fab on him.
0: Yeah, I mean, this has Chris Carter written all over yeah. it. Um, and Chris Carter had a couple really good seasons in the majors, um, and so like, like you said, it could be possible that he figures uh, this out and like maybe can make a you know extended run for the season. Uh, I I sincerely doubt it. We're talking about a guy with a a near 35% strikeout rate. Uh, It's the contact, man. It's the lack of contact. Uh, His zone contact percentage is 68.3%, just for reference. Uh, The the league average is about 84% this year. Um, So, I mean, he just, he swings really, really hard. And if it you know, he doesn't necessarily know where the, the ball is going to be. He's just swinging really hard and hoping <laughs> to make contact. And right. when he does, that ball goes far because it's got a you know over 50% uh, fly ball rate. Uh, like you said, the exit velocity numbers are amazing. Yeah, I probably would ride the hot streak. But at the same time, if the hot streak was over and we just didn't know that yet, that wouldn't surprise me either. Like, this could go cold in an instant um and then if it does, he probably ends back down at Triple A. Right. Uh. So I'm not gonna overinvest. Like I, I, I'm gonna throw some token bids out there, but I'm really prepared for this week to be just left out of getting Patrick Wisdom. Uh, in spite of the fact that I do love the power. Like we've always known he's had to power. Right. right. You go look through his minor leagues and even you know a few kind of uh, stretches. In the majors, he's always hit for power. He's never hit for average. Uh, I mean, so, you know, you look at what he did in AAA in 2019. hit 31 home runs, but at 240, had a almost 28% strikeout rate. This is kind of who he is. Uh, but if you need some cheap power, you know, maybe you can sneak him through. Maybe a lot of people feel like us. I, but there's always going to be one guy that uh in in the league that's like oh no this is the real thing i'm I'm ready to kind of jump on that all right let's go ahead and move on talk about freddie galvis who's been kind of uh you know having a pretty decent year especially on the freddie galvis scale uh are you grabbing him especially uh if you need a shortstop right now
1: i think he's kind of who he is at this point like we know who he is and he's just always underappreciated there's some pop here that, you know, he's been showing recently that we haven't always seen. I mean, you look in 2019, he had 23 home runs, and then last year he had seven over 159 played appearances this year. He's got nine over 200. He's adding a little pop to his game, which has been interesting, and we know he's going to be like a, a 250, 260 type hitter, but – you know, for the leagues, deeper leagues, like 15 teams especially, you know, one league I've been starting him in my middle infield for a couple of weeks just because injuries have depleted me. So, you know, I would hope that there's a chance you can have a better starting shortstop, but maybe as a middle infield option, like, he's not bad. You look at some of the stuff he's done, and even this year alone, we've seen the the exit velocities up a little bit. He's barreling the ball at the highest rate of his career. The, the launch angle is better, too, you know, more conductive to home runs at near 15 degrees. The sweet spot percentage is up to 38%, which means he's hitting that ideal launch angle more often than he has been in his career. Now there are some concerns, I think, that you know, with him, the XBA is a little low. Maybe he's gotten a little lucky, but again, this is who he's always been. He's a career 247 hitter. He's hitting 246 right now. I don't think you should expect much more, maybe 250, 260 if he gets hot, But you know, everything lines up with exactly what he's done his whole career. And I think he's a fine option in the middle infield. He, he's not going to be a sexy name by any means, and he's not going to give you sexy stats, but he's definitely can feel the need that you have. If you've got injuries like most do, and we've I've said that a couple times, but you've got to be willing to add guys like this, even though, you know, Freddie Galvis, like whatever, he's not that great, but he produces enough where he can help you. He's not giving you a zero in those spots. So, yeah, I think that if he's still available, you know, I'm more than willing to add him because I think that, he can help you out, you know. I don't. I don't want to sit there and I don't. I can't think about of the top of my head, but I'm afraid to get a guy that's going to give you like virtually no power, no speed in that spot. And Galvis is a guy that at least gives you a little power, so I'm willing to add him for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's having quite a year. Uh, you know, like you said, hitting you know 246. That's kind of right in line with where he's always been. But right now, he's posting a career eye walk rate. Uh, We know he has a little bit of speed to his game. It's not like burner-type speed, but he's going to get you some chip-in stolen bases. But the power has been really impressive. And I think we kind of forget Camden in the summertime, man. It warms up there, and that's a really great place to hit. Uh, And I think, you know, we could see probably a career high in home runs for him in a year where people aren't hitting as many home runs. And so that's really impressive. Uh, Yeah, I think people should, you know, if you're in need at shortstop, he's uh, kind of one of those options people overlook because he's 31. He's kind of been a journeyman the last few years. Not super sexy, but uh, I think he's, uh, uh, like you said, uh, perpetually underrated. So uh, I think he's a a decent target this week in fab if you're looking for a shortstop, uh, especially someone with pop. Martin Perez has been absolutely uh, fantastic is coming off another great start where he went uh, seven and a third uh, only gave up one walk and it was his last batter, which uh, in in that eighth inning uh, that caused him to be pulled uh, was his first walk of that game. He right now sporting a uh, 0.62 homer per nine, a three Oh nine ERA. Uh, Is
1: this legit? Do you buy into Martin Perez? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I do. I'm just afraid again. He's going to have one of those blow-up starts that just absolutely obliterates you. And I don't know if I'm willing to put him in my lineup for that reason. You know, pitching, like we said, in the AL East can be very scary. I have concerns that he just has one of those outings where he has like 10 earned runs and just absolutely obliterates your ratios. And so yeah, what he's done has been great. And he's been good cons- like he's been pretty consistently good too at that. It's not like it's just been a super hot stretch by any means. He's been good most of the season. I mean, you have to be solid all year to have a, a 3090 RA like that. You know, the strikeouts aren't really there, but shoot, if he's giving you ratio those good ratios, he's giving you innings, like he's giving you what you want and what you should expect out of him. And even, you know, 52 K's over 58 innings is, is not bad. It's not great, but you no, know, he's been good. I'm just afraid this falls off really fast, and especially like you mentioned. In the summer in Camden, it gets hot. The ball starts traveling. A lot of those teams, the Yankees get hot. They, they're they going to start mashing. I don't want to get him on the wrong side of one of these matchups and, and just blow you up, and that's what I'm afraid of. Now, he, he's looked good. I think there's some tangible changes that we've seen, better locating of pitches. Even, you like, he's utilized the sinker a little more this year. His cutter's been a pretty good pitch, so... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I don't want to be on the wrong side of this and that's what I'm afraid happens.
0: Yeah, and this is a tough week too. He's got a two start, which is great. But it's versus Houston again. He's got to go up against that exact same lineup. They won't be sitting Kyle Tucker uh and I think it was Jordan Alvarez. Uh yeah. <laughs> they were sitting this last outing. Uh and then he's got a he's got to uh, go against uh Toronto. It's been one of like the hottest lineups in baseball. I think you know, it's not very often you fade a two-start, but this is one I would, and I, I'm just not going to be aggressive. I, I I've I was a huge Martin Perez fan when he was a uh, prospect, and he just continuously disappointed <laughs> me uh, all throughout uh, his time with Texas. Uh, this has been a fun little run. If you've been riding that Ostrich great, but I don't think it's going to end up real well, I think, uh, at some point. You look at like the XERA. It's four thirty-nine as opposed to his ERA, which is three oh nine. Like there's some massive regression coming here at some point, especially as it starts to eat up in Fenway. I think he's gonna he's gonna give up a few more home runs, and that's gonna be uh you know part of his undoing. It has been impressive so far, and I think he can be viable in kind of your twelve and fifteen mixed leagues if you continue to keep the walk rate uh at the uh, place it's at right now, because it's it's close to the best of his career, but Ultimately, I think the home runs probably gets him, and I, I don't know that he's going to be able to keep up this uh, kind of pace the rest of the way. I think Boston has just got some Cardinal Devil magic or something right now because yeah. they've been really, really good in the rotation. Where I don't think anybody expected them. To right, be. yeah, they've been real good,
1: been impressive for who they have, especially.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Gonsolin's coming off the IL this week. He lines up for uh, you know for the Pirates. Uh, and may even get a second start, depending on how they work the rest of that rotation now that he's back. Uh, are you uh, going to be aggressive on Tony Gonsolin this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's on pretty much every league that, I've, like, that I'm in. I got him last week in tout, and I just sat on him, because I was like, I know I, I, I want him. My rotation had Gallon and Ada and some guys that, a lot of guys go down, I was like, I knew I needed Gonsolin. And so I went ahead and picked him up last week, and just in speculation, I sat in you know, tout, you have to sit on it all week, which kind of, Sucks, but I, I ate the bullet and hoping that he'll give the returns. And, you know, I'm normally hesitant to start guys right off the I.L., but getting Pittsburgh and maybe Texas for a two-start week, that could be kind of attractive. And, you know, Gonsolin's a fantastic pitcher. And a guy I thought, you know, he we always had the question marks of, would he ha- have a rotation spot coming into the year? Because, you know, they signed Bauer, and they're crazy deep in the rotation. But he's got a spot now. And it's his to lose. I mean, May's not coming back. So Gonsolin has this chance where, you know, I think he takes the job and runs it. I think he could be good the rest of the year because, you know, he's been really good throughout his career. And you know, I just think he hasn't got his fair shake yet. But, you know, last year, and he started eight games at a 2 ERA, about a strikeout in the inning, you know, .84 whip. He was stellar. And now he's getting the chance. And I think he's going to take it and run with it. I'm inclined to start this week. And that goes against everything I've always kind of believe and said, but I think he's ready. He's got the reps in Triple A and kind of gets eased in with these starts. So, you know, if if he's available, I think I would get more aggressive on him than Scooball, honestly, because I think that he's just a better pitcher long term, and he's kind of guaranteed a spot now in that Dodgers rotation, which has always been the question. So, if he's available, I'm going all in on him to get him, because especially if you need rotation help, a lot of starting good starting pitchers have gone gone down. And I think that Gonson can step in and be that guy for you. So. Yeah, all in on him if he's available.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, this was uh, it was disappointing when you know he got injured. Uh, I mean, he's been okay in AAA, a little bit of homer problem, which isn't something we necessarily expect from from him. But I'm not super worried. I mean, they've been running with this kind of like bullpen game every fifth day with David Price, uh, and it just it's been pretty ugly. And they're a team that. Uh, is in a bigger dogfight than we expected in the NOS because the Giants have been so good. Right now, they're third in the NOS. So, uh, I mean, I think it's likely both wildcard teams come out of the West. So, you know, they're not necessarily risking not making the playoffs, but they want to win the division. They're the defending champions, uh, and they're going to do what they can to do this. I think they're going to let Gonsolin pitch. This is a great opportunity with a really nice schedule uh, uh, early on. He may not go deep enough, For a win, we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe they're a little bit careful with him, uh, you know, in his kind of first uh go around. Uh, he has only gone three, uh, then three and two thirds and three and two thirds in his minor league work so far, uh, you know, this season. So it's likely he probably doesn't qualify for a win this week, though. I mean, going up against Pittsburgh and then Texas like who knows yeah <laughs> Three, two-thirds against a minor league team might be five innings <laughs> one of those teams might so be. uh yeah no I would be very aggressive because I think he is one of the few difference makers uh that's available this week uh and probably available for the next few weeks in terms of, of pitching uh so if he is available in your league uh definitely go out and get him I think he's available about 35 percent of CBS leagues. so all right, let's go ahead and move on and talk about Alex Cobb, who's been very good, and he's been one of the more actively picked up players recently. Are
1: you going after Alex Cobb? No, just because what I'm afraid of just happened yesterday. I mean, five earned runs, still went seven innings, you know. It, like you said, his roster ship rate is up a ton, and he's been good. Like, you look at what he's done over the last month, and he's been stellar, but it's just getting one of those things, these kind of rocky soil that I'm just afraid that – he may blow up. He's going to blow up and destroy your ratios. I don't think I'm going to put a – if he's available, I'm not really putting any bids on him just because I'm afraid of that blow up, and I don't want my ratios to take a hit. It's tough because you look, and even even with yesterday, over his last 30 days, he still has a 2.84 ERA, a .684 whip over the last month, which has been pretty good, over 19 innings. So hard to argue with that. I don't know. I just think he's too inconsistent for my likings, and I think he could be one where you pick him up and he's right back on the waiver again next week. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm willing to buy in there.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that game yesterday because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I put this sheet together before he uh, before he threw right, uh, and just box score scouting. It's such a weird line for a guy who gave up five runs. Yeah, like one walk one home run it seems and you know, without even looking uh, I, my guess is it's probably like one really bad inning. Yeah. He gave up all five um, in the fourth and he was one almost a grand slam. Yeah, okay. So, okay. So that's, that makes a yeah. lot of sense, but I mean, this is who Alex Cobb can be, right? Like he can have these moments where you're like, Oh man, he is unhittable right now. And then all of a sudden it just falls apart with him. Uh And so I'm, I hear what you're saying because most people ate this start, right? Like, I I don't think if you had Alex Cobb on your team, you had to be starting him against the Mariners. Like, it's just, like, this (laughs) this is obvious, like, an obvious, like, easy play, and I'm sure a lot of people used him in DFS yesterday (laughs) and were really, really (laughs) disappointed. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's been really good is the problem, man. It's, like, you look at some of the underlying metrics and, like, he is – been very impressive this year he's got you know 254 FIP, 263 x fit only like, walking guys at, you know less than three per nine home run rate is down this year i think he's getting a bit lucky you know here so far you know and maybe he's uh he's getting away with some mistakes uh i think it's it's hard to you know be greedy if you if you need starts but i think uh you have to be careful right you want to kind of avoid Houston with him. You want to avoid some of the better teams, but you know, kind of, sh- and hopefully, you know, not get blown up a little bit like he did yesterday against the bad teams, but uh, he's definitely not my favorite guy on the list. I'm not avoiding him. If that's my best, best option though.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're right. Like you said, he, with how he's pitched, just hard to go against him, but you know, in the back of my mind, I'm just so afraid that he'll just destroy you one outing and you know, set you back on ratios, but yeah, I can see an argument for going with them for sure.
0: All right, let's uh move on and talk about Hunter Renfro, who's been uh, hotter as of late. I mean, this is a guy who tends to be kind of up and down since May 20th. He's hitting 378, 429, 644 uh, with two home runs. It's been impressive,
1: but is it ju- isn't it just a matter of time before Hunter Renfro disappoints us? Hmm, probably so. I mean I did expect him to have a big year though. That you know, there was not a lot of outfield options in Boston and I thought he would just kind of have the job. I thought his bat was kind of like conductive to that home stadium where he'd hit I thought he could hit thirty plus and You know, that's not out of the realm of possibilities if he gets hot. You know, he's got seven home runs right now. But really, that's that's all he's good for, for the most part. It's just that power. You mentioned he's hit for good average. Recently, the average is even up to 266 overall, which is serviceable. Like, that'll play all day, especially when he gives you that kind of power. But again, he'd get cold in a heartbeat. The Red Sox could go out and acquire a a lead outfielder because they're performing. And I don't don't think they expected to perform this well. Like you mentioned, we mentioned earlier with the rotation, pitching well, like – they could go out and get a solid outfielder and he could lose his spot. And so, like I said, things could go south kind of quick, but you know, he could also get hot and give you five home runs in a week, which is massive for you. He's just that kind of boomer bust type of player. I think in a especially in a five outfield format, like he's a guy you might have to star right now, especially if you got some injuries. I know some of my <laughs> I've got a, a DC league right now. I can't even field five active outfielders. It's ridiculous. I've got so many injuries out of ten. And I've got Six of them that are injured. I'm like, it's obnoxious. So, <laughs> Renfro's a fine fill-in. Yeah, he could give you a, some solid power. I think, and I'm willing to take a shot. I don't think he's going to cost a fortune. Again, he's kind of seems to have flown under the radar. His roster rate is up a little bit. You know, on Fantrax, I'm looking, it's up six percent. You know, over the last week, but he's still one. I think you could acquire for a reasonable price if he's not on. Like, he's not a guy that people are rushing out to get. Like the Patrick Wisdom, who's been crazy high. Like. I think Renfro flies a little more under the radar, and I think he's a little more sustainable long-term than Wisdom. So I'm willing to put in a higher bid on Renfro than I would be Wisdom personally. But that's just me.
0: Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. I mean, here's the thing: he's really good against lefties, like you know, and and he's doing that this year where he's hitting 333 with two home runs against left-handed pitching. And he is typically just atrocious versus righties, <laughs> yeah. right? So, 237 so far this year with five home runs. 237 is actually pretty good for him in terms of his work versus righties. Uh, I mean, Boston's going to play him for right now. His defense is good enough. Uh, he's got a ton of power, but like they're going to be cold stretches. And those cold stretches are going to be brutal. And right now, he's hit the ball well. He's get playing time. That'll change at some point, but... It's fine to ride the hot streak, especially if you need power. And if you look at the schedule, like coming up, to like take a look at who who's Boston lines up against in in their you know in their games. If he's going up against like four lefties that week, hey, that's a really good week to throw Renfro into the lineup, especially if you're playing in daily moves leagues or like uh, NFBC where you've got the midweek change. Kind of try to attack lefties with him because that's where he's going to do a lot of his damage. Uh, that being said, if he's got like you know, if he's going up against Philadelphia one week and that, you know, they have only righties in the rotation, that's a week to kind of sit him. I haven't looked at uh, what their schedule is upcoming, uh, but definitely check the schedule before you invest too much into Hunter Renfro. All right. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is one of those guys where he's one of these guys who was, a you know, kind of a top prospect that people really liked. He struggled. People forgot about him. You know, he was a guy I kind of targeted early in, in draft season as someone, especially after the trade to uh, to Cleveland that I thought could have a pretty decent year. Started off slow, but has gotten hot as of late. Is he a guy that you would be uh, going to pick up right now?
1: Definitely, because I think he gives you dual eligibility at shortstop and outfield in most leagues. And he's hitting second in that lineup. He's hit second the entire last week and, you know, Definitely like what I see. I mean, he's hitting behind Cesar Hernandez, who gets on base at a pretty good clip, and then he's got Jose Ramirez right behind him. So he can be a decent run and RBI producer, which, you know, you don't expect from him. Plus, you mentioned, I mean, he's just been performing really well, and you even mentioned the pedigree. He was the top prospect in baseball by some people at one point, like ahead of Acuna, ahead of Soto, like guys like that. And people forgot really quick and just forgot about him, that he was – Worthless, not worth anything for fantasy. And I do think there's still some upside here. I mean, he's only 25 years old, and most guys don't hit their prime until 26, 27. I'd be willing to give him his fair shake. And, you know, the overall line is not stellar right now. It's 244, 310, 363. But you mentioned he's been heating up over the last month and especially over the last couple weeks. And I think there's some home run power here. I mean, he doesn't smoke the ball by any means. He doesn't barrel it up at a high clip. But I think there's, you know, 10 home run pop. He's got three so far and 168 plate appearances. There's 10 home runs in the tank and potentially 20 steals, which is valuable in a 15-team a mixed league, you know? I think there's value to be had here, especially with him heating up. Yeah, I'm willing to take a chance on him if he's still available. And he's a guy I was adding the last several weeks, and he's paid the returns, and I hope that he'll continue this. And I think there's definitely a shot. I mean, he's got the spot right now locked up. You know, they sent down uh, – a. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Jimenez. Uh, him, yeah, Andres Jimenez. And they sent him down, and there's no signs of him really coming back up. And so Rosario seems to have that shortstop spot locked up. And he can even play center field if, you know, they've got Bradley Zimmer out there right now. I can see Rosario playing center field in the case that Jimenez comes back up. So, no, I'm I'm a fan of – I think he can continue this. So I'm happy to add him and, and play him.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, over the last, like uh, – let's say uh, two weeks, since uh, May 22nd in 310, 396, 476 with a home run, two stolen bases. Like you said, he's he's hitting second. He's hit second in every game he's played since May 23rd, uh, which is a great spot to hit, like you said, right in front of uh, Jose Ramirez. Like This is uh, a really good opportunity. He's taking advantage of it. Like You can't really ask for much more. And people really stoked on him a few seasons ago and just wrote him off uh, because he struggles. But he spent a lot of work uh, before getting traded from the Mets, working with their uh, hitting coach in the offseason, trying to kind of fix some things in a swing. It looks like he's done that. Uh, he's definitely better against lefties than he is against righties, but I think he holds his own enough. Uh, and they don't really have any other options. Like, they're not, uh, you know, and, and because he's got that ability to move between positions, even if they do bring back up Jimenez or they find another option at shortstop, they'll move him out into the outfield because that outfield defense can be kind of brutal with Naylor out there. Uh, so uh, I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to get plenty of playing time and, and be uh, pretty valuable the rest of the way. And if he's still available in your league, you got to go scoop him. Uh, all right, let's finish off with Pavin Smith. Who's been uh, uh, doing some things as of late. Uh, it seems like he's kind of entrenching himself in, uh, In that Arizona uh, lineup, either at first base or in the outfield, are you going to the wire to grab Pavin Smith?
1: Yeah, if he's available, and unfortunately he hasn't been available for a while in, in most of my leagues, but he's been just so good. And like you mentioned, he seemed to have locked that spot in. He's not... He's in the most ideal spot. He's hitting fifth or sixth, which fifth isn't bad, but you know, below him in that lineup is not great. So I don't th- know if he's going to score a ton of runs, but he's just been consistent, super consistent. He's hitting well against both righties and lefties. More of his power comes from the right side. You know, four of his or from against the right side, he's had four home runs against righties, 297 average against them, but a 280 average against lefties has been solid. He's hitting the ball well. And I think this is exactly who he is. He's going to give you solid average and a little bit of power. He's not going to blow your doors away with with power, but he's a serviceable option, especially in deep leagues. And he's got first and outfield eligibility, which is definitely nice. I think he give you fifteen to twenty home runs though, and if he continues to hit like he has been, you know, if he hits two eighty to two ninety. That'll play, especially in a deeper league with all the injuries. I mean, he makes elite contact in the zone. It's his own contacts near 94%. Very, very good. You know, he hits, keeps the ball on the ground a little bit too much. I think that kind of hinders his home run pop, his ground ball rates near 50%. But even still, you know he's hit the ball hard. I, I like what I've seen. And I think he's a guy that's well worth rostering. Even in 12-team leagues at this point, I think he's worth rostering because he's providing he's just consistent he's not like one of these pop-up guys that keeps you know this like Patrick wisdom like I think Pavin's been consistent all year and I think he's going to be consistent like and this is who you can expect him to be probably you know give you a few home runs and a solid batting average and I'll take that all day especially with the dual eligibility happy to get him if he's still available and we have to remember like he was a high first round pick back in 2017 there's a lot of hype on him Another guy who just didn't blow the doors off right away in the minor leagues and people kind of soured on. But there's plenty to like in the bat and I think he will continue to perform. So, yes, I'm definitely adding him.
0: Yeah, I I am, too, if he's available in any leagues. And I think he's a guy that you could be aggressive on because we're we're in an era right now, especially with this new ball where. The league batting average is 236. Mm. <laughs> so you get a guy who's got a 293 batting average with a 306x uh, uh, batting average, uh, hitting the ball hard. Like you said, amazing zone contact rate for a, a guy who's typically a first baseman. Uh, I mean, I think there's a real chance that he just, you know, supplants. He kind of Wally pips uh, Christian Walker here, and Christian Walker heads to the bench when he comes back. Or even if Walker does get played, they can move Pavin out to the outfield uh, and play him there. So uh, I really like Pavin Smith. I think he is kind of, uh, people are overlooking him a little bit because he doesn't have, like, a huge carrying tool. But that batting average can be your your, your to- carrying tool in fantasy, especially when we're looking at these kind of bad batting averages across the league. If you got a guy who's going to consistently, I mean, likely hit you 280-plus rest of the way, that's, you know, 40, 50 points higher than the league average. That's that's awesome for your fantasy team and kind of an underrated thing that people don't uh, put into account. Like, often we go, oh, this guy could steal me, you know, five to ten bases rest of the <laughs> way. Give me the guy who's playing every day in the middle of a lineup that is going to give me a really, really good batting average this way, over four or five steals for sure.
1: 100%. All right. That is going to wrap us up for this episode. Chris, thank you for joining me. Yeah, of course, man. I appreciate you having me. It was a fun episode and a great time getting to talk with you, man. I think it's the first time we've recorded together, so definitely yep. a blast and an honored to be on with you. So thank you for having me. Definitely. Remind everybody we can reach, reached on social media and then plug all your work. Yeah, of course. Uh, on Twitter at Roto Clegg. Uh, all my written work, fantrax HQ, the podcast, the fantrax toolshed with with Eric Cross is also on the Fantrax network. And uh, you know, like I said this week, I'll be having my updated OBP prospect rankings coming out. And so I kind of focused on uh, on base percentage League, which I think are becoming more popular for Dynasty. And so,, you know, Eric and I were talking, want we'll to do something for that. And so that's been working on that. That'll be updated coming out. Uh, Monday, which you may be listening to this on Monday, so they'll be out. And then uh, also working on StatCast piece, looking, I look at a different metric every week, kind of look at some guys that are excelling, guys that are falling. And so that'll be out next week as well. So you can find that work on Fantrax HQ. But uh, thanks again, man. I appreciate having me on. It was a good time talking with you.
0: Definitely. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Uh Obviously, you can hear me on this podcast, you read all my work. Over on Fangraphs, I'm also on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast and the TGFBI podcast. Uh, don't forget to go and s- uh, sign up for the Patreon, Super Sleeper the Bus Patreon. Uh, if you uh, join at the $4.20 tier... Uh, you get into the Discord, we're having watch parties every week for a game, we pick a game, uh, and Paul and I kind of sit there and we kind of bullshit with people, talk over uh, trades and things going on in their leagues, while we kind of get our eyes on a game. And uh, last week was a fun one, we got to see Tucker Davidson uh, go up against Patrick Corbin, uh, and that was kind of an impressive game to watch, so uh, definitely uh, come and join us there. Uh, and uh, follow all of Chris at his work. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, for Chris and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season.